Hello, you're listening to our weekly podcast where we discuss what's been happening this week in terms of energy news. My name is Miriam Sears. I'm the deputy news editor uh, of the energy team here in London. And I'm here with Ben Samuel, who uh, is our deputy editor for our gas markets report, and uh, Ludo Aldersley, who uh, works with our LNG team. So this week, the gas markets have been uh, really impacted by news that have been has been coming out of the Netherlands in terms of um, a new decision about a minimum production cap for the Groningen gas production field. Ben, can you tell us a bit more about what's been happening here? Yeah, sure. So to uh, put it into a bit of context here, there was an existing um, production cap of the Groningen. It's actually kind of more like a cluster of fields. It's always described as a field, but it's actually several sites. Anyway, there was a uh, a production cap on that due to earth tremors uh, that were associated with the extraction process there. This week, the government has voted to put a, a sort of further restriction on this. By the looks of things, it's going to equate to about 2 billion cubic metres over a year. And then, uh, kind of in tandem with that, a, a study came out um, to suggest that um, the, the the minimum requirement um, to supply low calorific gas, which is the type that comes out of the Groningen group of fields, it should be reduced from 33 billion cubic metres to 31 billion cubic metres. So that's to satisfy demand uh, both in the Netherlands and to its uh, key export markets. Okay, and how did prices react to the news that was coming out this week? Um, Well, initially we got a big uh, upswing on markets across Europe and the Netherlands is sort of quite a key producer for for the northwest region. It's also got very good connections to uh, down into France and places like that. So, um, you know, it's quite an important uh, country in that regard. Um, So initially everything kind of came up on the uncertainty there. Then when more details emerged, everyone got a bit more relaxed. They realised that, you know, in the context of what they actually produced uh, two million two billion cubic meters in a year is um, is pretty small fry and um, everybody kind of expects that other producers the likes of Russia potentially Norway can sort of step up their production to compensate for that okay so longer term uh, when the market's not really expecting there to be much of an impact then yeah so th- there's a couple of um, lines of inquiry that the Dutch government are going down so um, in, in terms of what what they can do for sort of uh, to provide future security of supply, so one of the things that they're looking at is um, basically a study to see kind of how much can be safely extracted beyond 2016. Um, but then also looking at the uh, possibility and the costs involved in sort of reinforcing buildings um, in the areas that have been most affected by the earth tremors. Um, and then there's a, a completely different kind of line of thought which looks at okay, well, if we're going to be seeing sort of lower um, production of low calorific gas, well, can they maybe step up um, their conversion for, for high calorific gas? So what you do there is you, you blend the gas with nitrogen um, to give it a, a sort of lower calorific value. Um, the low-cal low gas, by the way, you know, tends to be used in, in kind of domestic settings, heating, cooking, that kind of thing, whereas high calorific gas um, is more for sort of industrial processes. Um, power production, that kind of thing. Anyway, so, you know, they're looking at the possibility of maybe importing more high calorific gas, um, getting higher output from some of the smaller fields in the Netherlands, um, and as I say, stepping up the quality conversion. Um, so there's kind of two two ways of they're approaching this, really, and uh, at the moment, you know, obviously it's quite way off a decision, so we're not sure what will, uh, what will come out of it. 
Okay, sure. Switching to a uh, different area of Europe and a more, I guess, long-term piece of news that has been going on over the past few years. Um, Ludo, we've seen that there's been developments in terms of uh, projects going on in the Baltics to connect uh, that quite isolated area to the rest of Europe in terms of the Baltic connector and an LNG terminal that was planned there. Can you give us an update on the latest there? Yeah, sure. So um, on the 2nd of October, Finland's Gasum uh, announced that they would no longer be pursuing um, their projects in the Fingolf LNG terminal and the Baltic connector. Um, so they had agreed um, alongside their Estonian counterparts to to look at developing an LNG terminal um, and then to have a bi-directional pipeline that could flow gas from Finland and to, to Estonia and back again. This is something that they've been trying to do for many, many years. There was a big EU push to bring in that region um, closer to the European gas grid and uh, there was the, uh, I wouldn't say the promise, but there was an opportunity to, to access EU funds in order to, to build infrastructure there that would open up those gas markets and um, give them alternative gas supplies, because at the moment they are quite heavily reliant on, on Russian imports. The years have passed and um, there have been quite a few developments. Uh, Gasum said that uh, the gas market in southern Finland has changed dramatically since since they started looking at this. So they, they started looking at this in 2008 um, and they've said that gas demand has actually come down now mm-hmm. uh, and if they were to install a, a terminal there then that would further deteriorate the competitiveness of gas in southern Finland. And so it was for those financial reasons that it wasn't commercially viable. Um, the Estonians, however, are saying that they can uh, still build a terminal um, and develop the Baltic connector. Okay. So, it's it's not a the project is not dead completely. It's it's not going to happen in Finland, that's for sure. Uh, but the Estonians are still trying to to develop a project on their side of the their side of the border. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, I guess, the EU's goal to bring the Baltics closer in line with the rest of the European gas markets, how will this latest development impact that? Um, well, it's, it, it, it certainly can bring a new source of gas into, in, into that region. Um, I, I think a key development that occurred uh, between now and when the EU first said that funds were available for a regional terminal is the fact that the region has already actually gone ahead and and installed a, an LNG import facility. So Lithuania went pretty much unilaterally mm. ahead with, with plans to, uh, to contract a floating import terminal and it currently imports LNG from Norway. And so there's already gas from outside that's coming into the region. So things have changed. Um, there's perhaps less of a need for another large terminal. Mm. Um, there's much more of a business case for small-scale terminals, and both Gasum and the Estonian group that will be looking at this this larger terminal uh, called Alexla. Uh, both of those companies are looking at small-scale LNG. Um, 
so yeah the jury's still out really whether they'll be able to justify all you know the, the quite significant investments needed in a large terminal right both topics that we will be uh, continuing to report on over the coming weeks and months so head to isis.com if you'd like to see more of our information on our coverage thanks for listening